Good morning, Lake Hills Church. How's everybody doing? Good. My name is Whitney, and if I haven't had the opportunity to meet you, I, I would love to do that. I would love to meet you. I have been on staff at Lake Hills Church for 11 or 12 years. Time really flies when you are having fun, and eventually you lose count. Um, I am married to that cute keyboard player that you just saw out here, and we have two very tiny roommates who do not pay rent currently um, living with us at our house, Byron and Lucy. They are eight months and almost three this week. We're gonna have a birthday party. Um, would you guys pray with me this morning? Seems like a good way for us to get started. God, we thank you for the opportunity to gather together. Lord, we thank you for this church, for your house, for your presence, for your faithfulness. Lord, we ask that you would go before us today and this week. We thank you, Lord, that you are a God of new beginnings. God, we thank you for Christmas. And Lord, we thank you for all that is yet to come. And we ask all of these things in your name. Amen. I would like to welcome in LHC Kids. We have any LHC Kids in the house this morning? Yeah, a few of you are here. I'm so excited that you will be joining us. Um, I also am so grateful for those of you who attended our Christmas services. We had seven awesome Christmas services. And special shout out to those of you who served at one of those Christmas services. We had Rose Short. We had special guest Gus Richard with us. Pastor Mac brought a great message um, of hope. And it was a time of reflection and celebration. It was just great to be together. Whether you were online joining us or you were in the room, it was awesome to connect and to celebrate. In fact, I kind of can't believe that it's over. Like, it just, like, boom, 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 happens so fast. Um, but if I'm honest, this, like, this feeling happens to me every year. Like, I'm always surprised that Christmas is over when it's over. I feel like just yesterday we were, like, pulling out our turkey fryers, and we were, like, putting lights up, and then all of a sudden it just goes by so so fast. It's really heavy on the anticipation side, right? There's a lot of buildup that happens to that climactic moment when you run out to see if you made it on Santa's nice list. There's a season where we, under normal circumstances, gather in crowded shopping malls or with friends to sing carols or around a big table full of great food with our family. There's all of the baking and the decorating and the commercials of Lexuses with giant bows on them and all the Christmas services. And then it's just over and it's kind of sad. Now, I have heard it said that there is no such thing as too much or too soon when it comes to celebrating Christmas. But what about on the other side? Like, is there a such thing as too long? Like, at what point do the neighbors start judging you when you, like, still have the lights up and the Christmas tree out? Um, I'm going to leave mine up for a little while. But I really do wish there was a way to... Are we going to... Okay, cool. I wish that there was a way, like, if they, we had the equivalent of, um, like, in the Oscars, you know? Like, you know, like, when to stop because they cut your mic and the music comes on and someone nice-looking comes and ushers you off stage. If we had that for Christmas, that would be super nice. If there was, like, an elf that unplugged all of the Christmas lights and someone that just, like, took your tree out 
to the curb? Um, like, is MLK Day too long? Like, Valentine's Day? I feel like spring break might be pushing it a little bit. Um, but I say we just, like, keep going. We keep the Christmas cheer going because it's sad when it's over. If you, like me, are experiencing a little bit of the post-Christmas blues, I actually have some good news for us this morning. Everybody sit up. When like, you ready for the good news? Okay, the good news is that Christmas is just the beginning. Christmas is a celebration of a new life, right? This baby, the baby Jesus born in the manger. It's a celebration of a new way of life and an opportunity for us to have new life going forward. There's nothing like a new baby. We brought home a new baby into our house this year, and um, I am happy to tell you that the excitement was not over when we pulled into the driveway after leaving the hospital. In fact, it keeps getting more and more fun, more and more exciting. There, is, there was this moment, though, when we did pull into the driveway and my husband and I looked at each other and silently acknowledged, like, whoa, this is real. This is a new beginning, um, especially with the first one. Life as we knew it will never be the same. And then we come inside and we unpack our bags and we realize that the hospital failed to include the instructions. So now the question is like, what do we do with this baby? We have this new beginning and this new baby. And what do we do now? How do we go forward? Well, much like new parents coming home from the hospital, the million dollar post-Christmas question is, what do we do with this baby? What do we do with the baby Jesus? And how do we move forward in this new beginning, this opportunity for new life? Well, the angel's announcement to the shepherds of joy to the world was not just for Christmas Day. In fact, it began way back in the very beginning in the garden. And it stretches on into eternity. God has always been about new beginnings. Now we're gonna take a quick uh, stroll down memory lane. Gonna go have a little time warp. Um, and we are gonna show some images on the screen behind me. Now I need to warn you that these images are historical reenactments. These are not actual images of actual people, mostly because there were just not great cameras during Bible times. So I just wanna clear that up so there is no confusion. So let's get started. We're gonna start at the very beginning in the Garden of Eden. God had created perfect harmony between creation and humanity and God and all was not just good, but it was very good. And then sin entered the world. And that should have been the end. But God made a way for Adam and Eve to exist outside of the garden, for creation to continue on. And yes, it would be hard. And yes, there would be suffering and conflict. But God made it possible. It was a new beginning, a new way of life for humanity and all of creation. And then the flood comes. And certainly that, that seems like it could be the end, but it's not. God saves Noah and his family because of his faithfulness. He gives creation a restart, an opportunity for a brand new beginning. 
and then Moses and the Israelites, surely when they are backed up against the Red Sea, they think, oh no, this is how it ends. This is how it all goes down, it, it's over. They would have never imagined that God would part the Red Sea, allow them a dry path forward, that God would give them the Ten Commandments and the law and a new way to live, and it was a brand new beginning for God's people. But then later, Israel got off track, and God's chosen people chose other gods. But God sent the prophets to speak truth and life and draw God's people back to a relationship with the one true God, and it was an opportunity for a new beginning. God's people were scattered, living in the Babylonian exile, and surely that could have been the end for the nation of Israel, for God's people. But God delivered them from captivity. God allowed them to return to Jerusalem, to rebuild the city and rebuild the temple, and it was an opportunity for a new beginning. And then, one starry night, in the little town of Bethlehem, Jesus is born. And Mary lays the baby in a manger, a new life, and a new beginning. But this baby doesn't stay in a manger. In fact, he grows up and he begins his ministry and he tells us that he is the way and the truth and the life. God has always been about new beginnings. God has always pursued humankind. God has always been drawing us back into a relationship with our creator. But for that to fully happen, first God had to come down to us. Emmanuel, God with us. The child in the manger is the ultimate new beginning, the way for us to get back to God. So what now? Now that Christmas is over, how do we move forward in this new beginning? Our culture is obsessed with the moments, right? YOLO, we, we, we work towards something and then it's over, we work towards something else. But God is giving us a restart and an opportunity for new life. So what do we do with the baby and how do we move forward? Well, we're gonna look in Luke chapter two, which picks up right after the Christmas story. You see, God's people had been waiting a long, long time for this restart. And two of those people who had been waiting so long were Anna and Simeon. Now, Pastor Mac introduced us to Simeon during our Christmas messages, and today we're going to take a closer look at his and his counterpart, Anna's, at their response to meeting the baby. The Bible tells us that Simeon, Anna, Simeon and Anna loved God with their whole hearts, that they spent their lives faithfully serving God, worshiping God. They were waiting, preparing to meet the Messiah. There was a special relationship between Simeon and God. In fact, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit had told Simeon that he would not die until he saw the long-awaited Messiah. Waiting can be hard. Can I get an amen? Kids, how many of you thought Christmas was never going to get here? It is so hard to wait. Adults, how many of you thought the end 2020 was never going to end? And here we are, waiting can be excruciating. And that is exactly how Anna and Simeon were feeling. Imagine waiting your whole life for Christmas, your whole life to unwrap one present. 
That is exactly how Israel and Anna and Simeon were feeling. And then days after Jesus is born, Mary and Joseph bring baby Jesus to the temple to present him to the Lord. And Luke tells us that the Holy Spirit nudges Simeon to go to the temple. He's moved by the Spirit to go. And we're going to read together in Luke chapter 2, verses 27 through 32. If you have your Bibles or your phones, you can turn there with us. Chapter 2, verse 27 says, Moved by the Spirit, he, Simeon, went into the temple courts. When the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And then we're gonna jump down to verse 36. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. She had lived with her husband for seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. And coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. I remember hearing this story as a child and something about Simeon and Anna struck me. Something about this story has stuck with me for a long time and I think now, Looking back, I think what struck me was that this is a story of faithfulness, of God's faithfulness, and a story of Simeon and Anna's faithfulness. See, they recognize the baby, the stranger, the strange family in the temple. They see him and immediately identify him as Lord. They recognize Jesus because of their faithfulness. They know that the life of Jesus, this baby in the temple is just the beginning. So what can we learn from their responses about how to move forward in a new beginning? Well, I've learned from the sound of music that starting at the beginning is a very good place to start. When you read, you begin with A, B, C, and when you sing, you begin with Good job. All right, now I have to be honest, Doremi actually has nothing to do with this sermon, but for those of you who responded in perfect pitch, you will be hearing from Roger and Derek later this week. Good job. So ABC is a great place to start, and that's exactly what we are going to do this morning. So everybody give me an A. A. And the best way to start in a new beginning is to acknowledge Jesus as Lord. Simeon and Anna immediately recognized Jesus as the long-awaited Messiah. They recognized the baby because of their faithfulness. They knew the promises of the past. They knew the stories of the prophets. They had internalized it, and they had been waiting. Their acknowledgement of Jesus as Messiah recognizes God's faithfulness, but it also points us forward in new hope, in new beginning. Simeon sees the baby, and he breaks into song, a la The Sound of Music, See, what he has been waiting for, his whole life is happening, finally, right before his very eyes. He sings of hope, but not just hope for Israel. He sings a new song, hope 
for the nations. You see, Israel had been waiting for their redemption, their restoration. But when Simeon opens his mouth to sing, a new song comes out. This is a brand new tune, a song of salvation for the Gentiles. Jesus is a light to the nations. Have you ever noticed that Christmas often seems to be about the young, about the children? There's so much about Christmas that is directed and geared toward children, beautiful sounds of children's Christmas choirs and letters to Santa and magic that is geared towards the young. And it seems appropriate. It did all start with a baby after all. But I love that Luke's Christmas story reminds us that that is not the case. It is not just limited to the young. You see, on both bookends of the Christmas story, we encounter more mature individuals. In the very beginning, we have Zacharias and Elizabeth, who are too old to have a baby, but God bring forth John the Baptist, who will be the forerunner of the Messiah, and also the cousin of Jesus. And then on the tail end, we see Simeon and Anna and their lives of faithful service and dedication to the Lord. And we are reminded that God has a purpose for all of us, for the young and for the old, that God has a place and a purpose and will use each and every one of us in God's story. You see... Simeon and Anna, they are among the first to recognize that Jesus is Lord. Christmas is a new beginning for everyone, for young, for grown-ups, for men and for women, for Jews and for Gentiles. This new beginning is not limited to any group of people, to any age group or demographic. Jesus is a light to the nations, a new beginning, a reset for us all. The long-awaited Messiah is a gift, a Christmas gift to each and every one of us. And if you want to participate in this new beginning, if you want to move forward in this new era, in this new way of life, acknowledge Jesus as Lord. Because he, this baby would grow to die and rise again for you and for me. All right, give me a B. All right, build your life in the presence of God. Anna and Simeon spent their whole lives waiting and worshiping and preparing to meet the Messiah. And prepared they were. I think about Anna's life, how she lost her husband early on, how she took up residence in the temple, how she worshiped and prayed and fasted all the time in preparation to meet the king. You see, she was in the right place at the right time, but that was not by chance. She had built her life in the presence of God. And because of that, she encounters Jesus, the long-awaited Messiah. You see, God isn't just the foundation on which she had built her life. It was the air that she breathed and the atmosphere in which she existed. She sees God's faithfulness and she responds with faithfulness of her own, with her entire life, with her entire being. The way for us to move forward in this new beginning is to build our lives in God's presence. 
But I have good news for us that does not require us setting up camp here in the worship center. So you can leave your flashlights and your tents and your sleeping bags at home. Because when we step into a relationship with Jesus and we acknowledge Jesus as Lord, Jesus stays with us in a personal relationship. And the Bible tells us that we have the gift of the Holy Spirit, a helper to be with us all the time. So our response to God's faithfulness should, like Anna, be faithfulness of our own and faithfulness in all areas of our life with our finances, with our families, our friends, our work, our school, our play. It should be the air that we breathe and the atmosphere in which we exist. When I was growing up, there was this fad where people would wear t-shirts that said um, like what their like hobbies were, like, like softball is life, cheer is life, needlepoint is life. People would proudly display what they were most passionate about. Um, and did anybody have one of those t-shirts? I, I couldn't choose, I have a hard time making choices, so I opted for the like fake Tommy Hilfiger that just said WWJD, um, but I digress. John 14, six tells us that Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. Jesus actually is life. Put that on a t-shirt and wear it. Incorporate Jesus into all that you do and you will find yourself building a life in God's presence. Give me a C. C is for communicate joy. When Anna and Simeon see the baby, they are overcome with joy. Anna and Simeon both break into song. They both praise God, worship God, and then Anna, like any good church lady, spreads the good news. She tells everyone who has been waiting for the Messiah the good news that he is here. She is spreading hope and joy. She says in modern terms, stay tuned, keep watching, because this this right here is just the beginning. You see, God went to great lengths to be known in this world. God sent his son, Jesus, manifestation of God with us, revealing a side of God that had never been known before, welcoming people into God's family who had never been welcomed before. That is good news. If God went to such great lengths to be known, should we not do the same? Should we not share that hope and share that joy? Do you know people who do that? People who spread joy, people who give life, people who speak truth and love? I know a few of those people, and I know for a fact that the people who give life are most often the people who have Jesus as their source of life. I say we keep the party going, we share Christmas all year long, we spread cheer, we communicate joy, we communicate hope, and we keep the party going. Now, with all the hardships this year has brought, I have been leaning hard into any reason to celebrate. In fact, when Lucy, early when Lucy came home, I decided um, we are going to celebrate in our family her monthly birthday. And this was, uh, this was back when we were like still sharing sourdough starters and making banana bread, like that part of quarantine. Um, and so I thought, well, I'm gonna try a new recipe every month. We're gonna bake a new cake every month. 
And, well, my husband and my son are not the biggest sweets eaters, so for those of you doing the math, I have eaten eight cakes by myself this year. I am here to keep the party going. I will do whatever it takes, especially if it involves cake. So I say we, as a people of God, as a church family, we eat cake and we keep celebrating and we sing of God's praise and we spread the good news and we communicate joy and hope with a world that desperately needs it. You see, Anna and Simeon, they acknowledged Jesus as Lord. They built their lives in God's presence and they communicated a message of hope and joy and opportunity for people who desperately needed it. And Simeon is also the first to recognize that there is struggle that will come. You see, Jesus enters a world of brokenness. It's God's way of participating with us in our grief and our sorrow and our struggle and our loss. Simeon knows what lays ahead for Jesus, right? The cross and the resurrection will befall him. This child is God's way of participating with us in our humanity, but it is also a way for us to participate with God and God's glory. It is a story of pain, but it is ultimately a story of hope and a story of joy. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? And as you do, would you to consider this new beginning. Consider the impact of Christmas. Consider whether or not you have acknowledged God with every part of your life or if there's something that you are holding on to that perhaps you need to let go to be able to have fully following God with faith entirely. Are you in this new beginning building a life in God's presence or will you pack up the baby Jesus with the nativity and only pull him out again next year? This is an opportunity for a new beginning. Are we communicating joy and sharing the good news, a message that is worth spreading, not just at Christmas, but all year long. And with your head still bowed, I want us to consider the fact of Christmas and the fact of a new beginning and the fact that comes with an invitation to participate in this new beginning personally and definitively. And if you have not responded to that invitation to step into a relationship with Jesus, to acknowledge him as Lord, we want to give you the opportunity to do that this morning. All you have to do is pray a prayer that sounds something like this, right where you are, silently where you're seated, a prayer of new beginning and expectant hope. Dear Jesus, I need you, and I choose to believe that you died and you rose again for me. I believe that you offer new life, new beginning, abundant life now and forevermore. I choose to accept that gift of grace and forgiveness, and I will follow you with all that I have. I will build my life in your presence. God, we thank you for Christmas. We thank you for hope. We thank you for new beginnings. We thank you for an opportunity to be restored. We accept your gift of forgiveness and grace.
God, and we move forward following you, chasing after you in this new beginning. With everyone's heads still bowed, if you prayed that prayer this morning, this is a brand new beginning for you. And we could not be more excited for you and this best decision that you could ever possibly make. So we wanna ask you to do a couple of things this morning. If you made that decision to start a new beginning, step into a personal relationship with the long-awaited Messiah who has come to save us. We would love to know about it. If you would let us know by visiting the Connect card online at lhc.org and you can click the box saying that you stepped into a relationship with Christ, that begins a conversation and allows us to celebrate with you, to move forward, to help you figure out what your next steps are so we can do this together as a church family. If that was also your prayer today, we want to ask you to do one more thing. If you would stamp this moment, mark this moment right where you are by raising your hand, a mark of a brand new beginning. We have a tradition around here that as you put your hands together, put your hands down, we put our hands together and we tell you, welcome home.